0: morning. Happy Advent to you all. We've been, um, as a staff and leadership team, talking about Christmas this year and Advent. And one of the things we, we realized was often um, Christmas can get so busy. It can get to the point where you start to um, feel stressed out just from the Christmas season itself. And so, one of the things we wanted to do this year, instead of uh, giving you assignments like go out and give hope to people or go out and, and give people peace and love on people, what we were thinking this year is for us as a church to maybe simplify, kind of declutter our Christmas experience, and simply reach out our hands and, and receive the gift that God gave to us at Christmas. If you look at the artwork that Ryan Brewer has done for us, you'll see there's a, the sun is coming to earth. The love of God is coming. The love of Christ is here. And so what we're looking to do is to re- simply receive the hope that God gives us. The love that God gives us. The the peace that God gives us. Because he, in Christ, is our hope. He is Emmanuel. God is with us. And that means our peace is with us. As you heard the story of uh, the angels and what they came to proclaim, they came to proclaim peace on earth. This picture, this idea that Christ will ultimately bring all things under him and earth will be peaceful. Now, sometimes we think about this thing, and and they just seem like nice holiday words. But the reality is, at the incarnation, God brought these things. And I thought about a picture of this, like, literally taking the peace seriously that Christ brings to us. And and a, a picture that came to my mind was a story I had heard of and read about during World War I. In the midst of two countries at battle with each other, shooting across space, Against each other, we have this beautiful little story that happens at Christmas time. We'll see a video. Jenkins, unclean. No. Sleep Sleep in peace. I'm Brito I'm, British. I'm British. bewaffnet Nein, Otto. My name is Jim. My name is Otto. Please you, Otto. Freut mich those she's called, and soon, and soon. Christmas truce of 1914, a hundred years ago, when we had, for some reason, Christians aiming guns at each other and firing, with hope being lost and in the in the darkness, there was a truce that was called kind of spontaneously, where people decided to sing Christmas songs together and celebrate the birth of Jesus together, despite the hostilities. There's a quote from Alfred Anderson. He talks about this moment. This is a historical thing that happened. He says, it was a short peace and a terrible war. And I think about Jesus coming to bring peace. This gives me a picture of the reality of what could be, of what can be, that he can bring even a little modicum of peace in the midst of the destruction. It reminds me of what he can do in the chaos of our lives. Jesus came to bring peace. The story that we have, uh, we just saw, it's is, is a picture of that. He, he wanted to bring peace to us. He actually says, as he's facing the cross, he says this to his disciples, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. As he closed this kind of sermon off in John 16, he says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. This is a a beautiful picture that Christ gives us of his actually giving to us peace. He's facing the crucifixion. He knows he's walking towards his death. And yet he talks about peace. He had just actually blown upon upon the disciples as a sign of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit brings with him peace. And so what we hear from this passage is is if we follow Jesus, we don't need to, to look for peace. We have peace. Peace is within us. It is in our hearts. The Holy Spirit of God residing in us gives us this true peace. That's the reality of the Christmas story, that you had the living peace of God vibrating and pulsating within your very spirit. However, and it's a big however, it doesn't always feel that way. In fact, for many of us, it often doesn't feel that way. The problem is that when we hear Jesus, he says, I don't give like the world gives. I don't give give peace and then just take it away. I don't give you like half of something. I don't pretend to give you something. I Give you peace. Then why is this peace so elusive? In fact, the the Christmas truth story actually highlights this very difficulty. There was this beautiful moment in history, and the people involved with it will never forget it. The ones that lived, many died. 15 million. The following Christmas after 1914 and in 1915, there's still little bits of the truce, like every, little places some people did this, but it was actually kind of squashed by the officers. One young colonel, Hitler. Surprise, surprise. Wasn't too proud of his German soldiers for this time. Such a thing should not happen in wartime. Have you no German sense of honor? And so the truth that happened the very first Christmas of of the great war and the peace it created was not repeated in the dark years that followed. Where went the peace? Where goes our peace? I think if most of us were honest, if we look at our lives and ask what commonly hinders peace, you know, we have tragic events that happen in our life, but in general, one of the things that, that we all could say is that it's the stress of our lives. Christmas, as I said, is probably giving you some, some stress, We see stress being stressed in the news relentlessly. We know about this stress. We know when we go to our days and are and filled all the time with events. We're going here and doing this. And I do that for work. And get this with the kids. and it, The stress can weigh. And we know about stress. We know that stress weakens our immune system. It opens us up to diseases. Chronic stress can impair development of children. Stress can actually lead to weight gain. Stress can hurt your heart. Stress can make you avoid the ones that you love. Stress can make you lose your job or your mind. Post-traumatic stress disorder, we've all heard about. Something that we've seen claim a lot of things. People dropping out of society, suicide, even People going on a shooting spree. What is stress? I thought about this, but what is stress? And so I looked it up. And stress is actually a biological term. It refers to the consequence of the failure of an organism, human or animal, to respond appropriately to emotional or physical threats, whether actual or imagined. Stress is the failure of an organism to respond to a threat. What I find really interesting about this biologically idea of, of stress is that, that we start to realize that, that this can really hurt us physically. Stress symptoms can put us in a state of alarm. We start having this production of our adrenaline going, there's short-term resistance to these, to these things, and then we start having exhaustion, irritability, muscular tension. We can't concentrate. There could be headaches, Elevated heart rates. I'm sure some of you felt that this week. You can start to have cognitive, emotional, physical behaviors start to, to go off the rails. Signs of like poor judgment, negative outlook, excess worrying, moodiness, irritability, agitation, inability to relax, feeling lonely, isolated, depressed, aches and pains, diarrhea, nausea, dizziness. The list goes on social withdrawal, procrastination, neglect of responsibilities, increase of alcohol, tobacco, drug use, nervous habits. Now, the key scientist who first introduced this idea of stress was a guy named Hans Selye, And he came up with what he called GAS, the General Adaptation Syndrome. And he talked about this Adaptation syndrome, the ability to adapt to our stresses, and he gave three stages of it. The first stage is alarm. You kind of get awoken to the stress that's hitting you. And immediately your body produces adrenaline to help give you the energy to kind of push against it, to be ready. You figure out, okay, do I fight this? Do I run away from it? Do I freeze? How am I going to respond to this stress? After alarm, the second step is resistance. Resistance. This is when you start to push back against the stress or whatever's causing you stress. You start to try to adapt to it, figure out what you're going to do in order to take this stress away. Now, the problem is the body cannot resist indefinitely. If you're in a constant state of resistance to the stress of your life, you are going to fall to it. Because the third stage is exhaustion. This is the point where the body's resource is just depleted. The body's unable to maintain normal functions, your autoimmune system start working differently, your nervous systems. If it goes too long, you might end up permanently hurting your hormone glands, the immune system. This is physically harmful. The result can start to turn into things like ulcers and depression, diabetes, digestive problems, cardiovascular problems. We're talking about a serious thing, what stress does to us in our lives. And my friends and the burbs, the stress is everywhere. Let's be clear, there's, there's two types of stress. There's good stress and there's bad stress. The good stress is the type of stress where an Olympian puts their body under stress in order to sharpen their skills and all of a sudden they can be stronger and physical cuz remember it's it's how you react to the stress that determines whether it's good or bad. It's all how you deal with it. I had a friend who shared with me about one of his closest loved ones starting to battle with depression. How it actually began, probably many, many years before they had even realized it. it. Manifested itself largely in kind of withdrawal, started spending most of the day sleeping, going on vacation didn't help at all. And so they realized they ended up having to go to a wellness center and, and starting to put some things around it to help deal with the stresses of life because this is a dangerous cycle, and it's difficult to, to be broken when it gets farther along. But the secret to, to stress is actually learning to, to cut it off, learning to put into place things that help deal with stress. In fact, there's a doctor named Lazarus who learned that, he said basically how you appraise the stress or how you look at the stress actually changes the stress factor for yourself. If you feel like you have the resources that you are able to deal with the stresses that come your way, you will be better at dealing with it. Just from, from thinking that you can. If you're at a place where you're like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with anything, then that itself is going to make the stress worse and more harmful. Just how you, how you appraise the situation. How am I looking? Do I, do I have hope? If you feel you don't have the resource to deal with the stress you're confronting, it becomes really stressful and it can turn into this powerful anxiety. Living under constant stress is bad news physiologically, psychologically, and spiritually. But if you feel like you have the resources to deal with the stress, it'll change how you look at the stress, and it can even relieve some of the stress. And what I want to say today, as I talk about so much about the science of stress, you're probably wondering why, because when we look at Christmas... We realize Christ coming down to be with us, to give us the Holy Spirit. We have at our disposal a stress management system that dwarfs anything that anyone else can muster. We have built in with the Holy Spirit of God a stress relieving capacity. The Holy Spirit is able to work in us and through us, and we have what it takes to cope. With the stress, if we allow him access. If we truly believe what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, it means that we can have reduced stress just from believing that. Oh, I have the capacity to deal with the stress because I have the Holy Spirit of God within me. When we decide to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit gave us the peace of God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's growing within us. That's why Galatians 5 calls it a fruit. It's this thing within us that starts to build. In Philippians 4, 7, he says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. I want some of that. The Spirit of God guarding my heart. Just like a Roman garrison in Philippians and Philippi would guard. This thing is guarding our hearts. The peace that comes from God surpasses, it super exceeds, it's deeper than any comprehension. Not only does it go beyond anything we can conceive of their minds, we're told that God, He can achieve all things. He can defeat all these schemes. And so humans cannot understand what a great stress reliever, comforter, paraclete we have in the gift of peace through the Spirit. When Paul talks about guarding our hearts and our minds, he's saying it's the whole person. It's not just one part of you. It's just your physiology. It's your, your will. It's your mind. God can guard Now, I know what a lot of you are feeling. Probably like, yes, but. I know that's true, but. During one of the most difficult weeks I've had in my entire life, um, I think God gave me a picture about peace because I got to tell you, when you have something dreadful happen to you, and the next day you have to preach about peace, <laughs> it can really be stressful because you're thinking to yourself, I have to be able to, to know what this peace is and, and feel it and how, how do I talk to people about this? When Philippians 4, seven talks about this peace that's on our mind and guarding our hearts and we have this kind of possibility of, of dealing with all the stress that comes our way, this peace that no one can understand He's telling us that we have a supernatural means to cope with stress. He's not saying that stressful things aren't going to happen to you. In fact, you might have more stresses in your life sometimes because of your faith. Thinking about Christians in the Middle East. And yet, they have Peace. Jesus left us with this comforter. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you believe you have peace? It's already there. It's within you. The Spirit of God is in you. And he tells us that that it doesn't mean that you're going to not have troubles. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble, but don't have your heart be troubled. His point is that he's given us already the peace that will enable us to overcome this trouble. Whatever's coming our way. Now, this peace that God's put in our hearts, it's an inner peace, it's an inner harmony. It's like the music that we've heard today. Now, music's interesting because sometimes you have dissonance in the middle of music. And the reason for that is as the dissonance and the harmony build, you can eventually come to a resolution that's even even more beautiful. It's a picture of the song that God's writing with our lives. Even though there's this dissonance, he's bringing it to wholeness. God gives us an inner tranquility which can cope with any circumstances. And as we receive this inner peace, even towards those who are not peaceful towards us, we're able to give it to them, when we have the access to it. Now, when I have people come to me for prayer, I'd say the number one thing that often gets asked for is, is pray for, for peace, because I, I hear the stories you guys are a busy lot. There's a lot going on. It is a, a heaviness that kind of weighs across the North American lifestyle. Filling our time up so much with things here and there. Our modern lives are stressed out. The new stresses us out. I get to hear about every single bad thing that happened in the world today. Click. Oh, And so what I'm realizing is if we have these jobs that are stressful, you know, social work, business, students, looking for a job, all those stresses are coming on us. So we're told that we have this ability to, to cope with the stress as God intends us to. We have the spirit of peace. And I thought about this. So I've had delivered within my heart this little seed of peace. In my soul, the Holy Spirit. And for some people, the piece might be a little bigger than others. Different fruits are probably larger in different lives. But I've been given this seed of peace, And I started thinking about um, this present that I got, Megan, for Christmas a few years ago. It's called the AeroGrow. Have you ever seen that? It grows anything within your house. Because what it realizes is in order to grow something, you just need a few things. You need water, you need nutrients, and you need light. Now, the things you also have to worry about is not having little stressors in it, right? Like, like little children coming and picking the leaves off it. <laughs> or cats coming. But if we have this seed within our hearts, the seed of peace, how do we help create the right conditions like the arrow grow so that these things give a life to that peace that's already within us? Not just when the the calamity hits, but as we live our lives, as we grow our lives, how is the peace growing within us so that when it comes, the peace is strong? The peace is ready. Doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. Doesn't mean that it's not going to feel unbearable at times. What it means is that God is with you, Emmanuel. And I suggest that I think we need to start giving the, the seed of the spirit of peace in our hearts proper conditions. Start letting it to grow. The all optimal conditions. And I think what that means is we need to make space for God in our lives. And that's not just like a Bible verse here and a quick prayer here. Actually clearing space for God in our lives regularly. Clear the clutter that has us geared for the gutter. We wonder where our peace is, right? When we shove it out the door, I think we're always like, well, "Why am I so stressed out? when I have no peace?" And we're like pushing our peace out the back door because we're going with our constant contact and our iPads and our gadgets and our notifications and our debriefs, our one sheets, PowerPoint presentations, updates, spreadsheets, strategic plans, tune-ups. Tune it out. Tune out too much noise so we can listen and hear God's voice. In fact, right before this verse, Paul starts talking about being anxious and and how to deal with some of this stuff. He understands the stress. He's in jail. He had someone sick. He talked about how he was worrying about his friend. He says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Let God know about it. He's with you. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if it's excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Now, the passage just says, don't be anxious. It's like, easy for you to say. But notice that it starts to tell you ways to not be anxious. Talk to God. I love the, the boldness and the courage of Chantal and Jamie sharing their story. And they talked about how they felt alone, anxious, hurting, and it wasn't until they were able to bring it to friends and family who then would bring it to God. When, when it's opened up, that's when God's peace can start to work in it. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt hard, but God's with it. I gotta say, when I'm stressed, and I've had a, couple, a stressful month or so, it turns me to God like nobody's business. Like, hey, I realize, oh, I need God, right? In our culture, we don't pray them often, and we don't, it's not, we don't need them as much. I have all the food I want. When you go to other countries where there's like, press thing, oh, God, please give me my daily bread. It's like, I really, literally need bread today. For us, it's, we have bread. Too much bread, it's moldy. But boy, do we need God. And so when I am stressed, it makes me turn to him and I gotta tell you, there's times when I've I've come away out of a I've just close my eyes, you know, pull off the side of the road, just pray, and then my heart is lifted. Imagine if that was our daily lives, even when we weren't being stressed out. So when the stress came, we were just there already. And that's what this verse says. It says, "Keep thinking about these things." It's like it's not a one off. You can't just kind of oh, I said my my prayer. I like this whole idea of stress. It's not just gonna go away because you prayed to God one day. It's going to be there. Slowly, is something you've got to deal with as you make praying to God part of your day. As you carve up time and open up and say, I'm turning off the gadgets. I'm, I'm canceling events. I'm going to sit here with my God, make space for him. After a tragedy strike our family, and it was hurtful and hard. And I remember I was just laying in my bed and I couldn't sleep and it was just like, ah. Oh. And then I heard, this is when my son Justice was a little baby. I heard him start screaming, screaming like I'd never heard him before. And I popped off of my bed and I ran to him and I, I grabbed him to settle him. And he just bear hugged me like, ah, oh, like so hard, right? And I'm holding, and as he's hugging me, I'm like, ah, oh, I needed this. And I realized like, oh, like he's bringing me comfort. Like God sent him to me and I started rocking back and forth and I just kept saying, you're a little miracle, you're a little miracle, you're a little miracle. And I just recognized the good thing I had in my, in my arms. Think about that. It helps to remember the good things that you have in your life. The good that God's given to you, how he's poured into you. Think about the good and the true and the praiseworthy. Resets your mind, even as the chaos is going around. Did you know there's actually experiments that have shown that you can actually turn back aging by changing your mind state? There's an experiment a Harvard professor did where they took 80-year-old men And they take them to places that they used to go to and and, and made them set up like it was 20 years ago. So when they were 60. And they were forced to talk about the past events and and, and, and like they were present, like they were living in that time, like they were actually back then. And these men actually started showing tremendous improvement in their memory, in their physical motion, and in their general well-being just because they were thinking about the good old days, living the good times. When you put your mind on peace and on goodness, it starts to bring peace and goodness in. The peace of God is within you. Let it grow. Let it guard your heart. Take all of our stresses to God in prayer. We need to meditate on this peace and goodness and take time to do it. You realize that you can't even understand what you're dealing with, the incredible pain that you have, but he can. His peace passes understanding as well. And cover that up. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace. I feel like I've talked enough. I'm talking about all the stress that's coming to you. I'm not trying to stress you out with Peace. So I'd like to just take a, a few minutes actually to open up a moment for us to maybe allow God in each of our hearts to give us some peace. I'd like to do that by meditating on the scripture from Philippians that we talked about. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll read it out a few times and just let any word that kind of maybe pops up to the surface for you, maybe it's like Lovely. Let that sit in your heart. Why does God want you to look at the lovely? And maybe let pictures pop up. Maybe there's a lovely picture in your mind, a lovely person. And just let that be something that you you think about, that you meditate upon. As we take this time, maybe God will open up some peace in our hearts. If you would, let's close our eyes and, and pray with me. Let's breathe in. Let every breath praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things the God of peace will be with you. Finally, sisters and brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever admirable, anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things, and the God of peace will be with you. God, give us the grace of peace through your son, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. May we be a people who meditate on your peace, who think about your goodness. As we go back to our stressful week, let us remember that you, Jesus, Our God with us. Amen. As a church family, we take communion now together. A meal composed of bread and of juice, a reminder of Christ's body.